Hello and welcome back to another episode of Industry Standards. This is episode 15, and today your hosts Joel and Dylan will be taking driving you through you home. a medley. <laughs> driving you home. In I wanted to late, say that for ages. Late, cold, dark Dylan, night in Los Dylan Angeles. Dylan and Joel driving you home. This is Dylan Joel. Where Andrew G just turned into a different person and started making a love radio show. No. In Andrew G from Australian Idol. Um, mm, no. Oh, what's his name? Um... Osha. Oh. Yeah, that's that's Andrew G. And then it... Well, Andrew G. Know. I've See, never that, heard of him being called that Andrew G. That proves my point. He literally turned into a different person. What, and he did a love radio? Yeah, he, What's he that? hosts a, a radio show that, like, that's raunchy? all about talking about love and relationships. And he literally Cringe. does this voice. Cringe. And he says, Min- it's like Osha's Midnight or something. It's like something like that. It's so shit. Yeah, yeah, cringe. So we're we're, com- we're coming up with a cringe min soon. Yep, we are. No, not we don't um, start with that. And firstly, <coughs> we would just like to apologise for last week's episode. Um, Dylan was wrapped up in the courts, lawyers, police, um, a few pipe bombs involved. It was it was a mess up in Sydney, and he's back, and we're able to record again. Um, and so, Dylan, what happened? Why don't you just give us a quick account of what was going on up in Sydney? Whilst you were trying to say, hey, we want to do more than 100,000 yeah. episodes. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, people yeah. are pushing for yeah. it. We're getting, like back down here in Melbourne, yeah. we're getting a lot of push for more than 100,000 episodes. Yeah. It's getting heated. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys up there in your little... Fancy pants, stupid, I live in Sydney houses with your stupid Sydney wives and kids. Know what's going on down here in Melbourne, like the hood of Australia. Sorry. Yeah, so... I blacked out. Yeah, that's all right. Um, So, it was actually really simple. I got up there, and because obviously Sydney is the... You were apprehended immediately getting off the plane, right? Yeah, but... missed that detail. It it wasn't one of those, like, they took me right in. It was more of, like, a a safety thing. They knew I was coming, and they disguised it as a kidnapping and then just sort of took me a different road. The car that they thought I was in blew up. Yeah. Yeah, so it was more of a safety thing. And then I got there, and obviously... Well, I say it was simple, man. I thought Sydney is the podcast capital of the world. Yep, So it that's is. why I went there. That's a fact. So I went there and I said, hey, they want us to do more than 100,000 episodes. And he said, Tim, he was just like, you can. It's just state law. I can't let you do it down there. You can do it up here. You can't do it down in Melbourne. We're not so going it's state up there. law. No, I'm not no. going up there. So we got to, f- it's just state law. That's what he said. He goes, I have no problem with it. And then the pipe bums and all that started happening. It was yeah. completely different. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get back to you on that one. Anyway, update. Um, I'm sick again. Um, Carlton are ruining my life. Joel just disclosed to me that like... How, it affects my mental health. Yeah, yeah, no, like genuinely. Because <laughs> we does. were talking about like feelings and like the things that are seriously going on in our life. <laughs> we had a sauna this morning and like I was, we were talking about serious things and then he said... Um, I, it's really affecting my mental health. And I said, oh, like I, he was concerned <laughs> and I don't know what to, how to help you. I was like, maybe just care a little less. And he's like, I don't want to. That's, I said to him, I was like, I, at the same time, don't want to care as much as I do, as I do, but I also don't want to stop caring. This team has like been cry. the bane. <laughs> you looked at the time like you were going to cry. Well, like you that's the saddest I've actually think I've seen you. No, way. I'm not even joking. 
I can't think of another time I've seen you sad. <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? I, this Steve has been the angry, definitely in a mood. For my mood entire meter? life, mood meter. Yeah, I've had some feedback. A lot of people said that I was right on how the mood meter should be done, and it should uh, be that we can it, switch it should it. be a lower number if you're in a mood. Okay. Um, all right. right. We're gonna count. With Wait, I reckon. Are we gonna say? Is there an obvious who's in a bigger mood? No. Really? <laughs> you gonna accuse me? What did, we were just talking I feel like about? You accuse me every You week. were just literally saying, "I'm in." I'm. I'm just gonna go ahead and say I'm at a ten, and you were telling me how that when Carl lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm at a ten. Well, I'm not at a ten. I'm nine. I'm at a nine. Ten's okay. like that, like this sort of shit. I'm pointing at the, someone the puts streamers up. Dylan. Yeah, happy birthday, Dylan. Yeah, that was um, me. Yeah, okay. I'm at a nine. You were saying that mood proceeds after two days after Carl no, loses. I, no, no, no. I said it used to. I said, see, oh. that part of the issue is the fact that like I'm already starting to not care. Like I was saying to Dylan halfway through the game, I was just like, I honestly just don't care. Yep. I just didn't care about the outcome. All right. And that's part of the issue is I'm just getting pushed back into that steel fortress of a Carlton supporter. Just PTSD. Life is disappointment. Are you at a nine though? Nah, I would have said a seven. <laughs> yeah. I'm in a good mood. Yeah. Hey. Oh. <laughs> uh, like no, I'm just saying. Like nine is like I'm more just shocked that you're yeah, throwing yeah. nine out. Yeah, like, yeah. No, I'm in a night, mate. It's Monday. Good shit. Good things happening. Again, yeah. part of my update True. is good things are happening. But we don't talk about that because it's business. Um, I'm wearing pink Crocs and I got pink Crocs for my birthday. So. Oh, d- yeah. I bought Dylan undersized socks for his birthday. Did I tell you that Alice and Ben, because Alice and Ben got me white Crocs for my birthday, and then I went to go change the size because they were too big. And then they saw my story of me wearing pink Crocs, and they thought, you bought me pink Crocs, and I just decided to wear those ones, and they were really upset. Huh. <laughs> I wish I did that. Yeah, I, I wish that was I what said to her, now. I was like, oh my God, that's so sad. But if he did, I would have worn them anyway. <laughs> yeah, well... That's, I think, just an indictment on them because I was going to buy you pink Crocs for your birthday. Yeah. Anyways, Anyways, on to the pod. So, you go. We wanted to cover today what takes, like, we just wanted to, like, make two really simple concepts of training or nutrition to take people from good results to great. So, we're not going to do your usual, here's the fundamentals of training, blah, 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 here's what you have to nail. This is for people who are already training, think that they're doing pretty good. Um, they are doing pretty good. Yeah, like you are slowly, doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you see someone else that has, you know, sometimes some people have like a six month period where they like grow a bunch of muscle, like tone up a lot, like something, like some, there's some sort of phase. Yeah. They've done something to really cause change. To, to a degree, we're trying to summarize what happens when you train with a good coach. Because I'm really just kind of taking the principles of what happened with my training when I worked with some really good co- coaches and saw like more progression in, you know, a six to 12 month period. Than I did in three years. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to give one each. Yeah, one each. Do you want to go first or should I go you first? You go first. I'm going to go first. All right. And my one is, we will have talked about this a little bit, but my one is going to be just intensity and training intensity. And it's something we harp on a lot about, um, especially if you follow me on Instagram. But the truth is, is like, first off, this has been just like overwhelmingly now. Um, I, I'm not going to say proven, but suggested from research that... Um, the key driver to hypertrophy and growing muscle, and I don't care what your goal is, if you want to tone up, get strong, 
get heaps of muscle, lean up, lose weight, whatever. Your goal should always just be to put on as much muscle as you can um, and you just don't realize that. But the key driver to hypertrophy is pushing your muscles towards failure, like there or close to it. And that really comes down to intensity. So um, what we're getting at or what I'm going to get at today is just I don't think most people push themselves anywhere near a high enough intensity. And I'm even going to speak on experience with about two clients that I started working with last week that I onboarded, um, who are both like pretty advanced clients. One of them's quite advanced. Um, he's jacked, has really good results already. Um, and we sat down and we went through just a simple like cable lat row. I said, I wanted him to do an eight rep set. We went through it and they were looking hard and me being on the exterior third person looking at him, I'm like, yep, he's working hard. They look hard. And then I was like, cool. Did those feel like they were pretty hard for eight reps? He's like, yeah, man. I'm like, sweet. No worries. We'll take our last set to absolute failure right? And absolute failure is going to be one of two things. It's where like you're pulling an example of like a lat row and the weight, you just can't get the weight all the way back or your form's just gone completely out the window. So mechanical failure or just form breakdown. And there are two types of failure and both are just good, right? So on his last set, we pushed it and he got to 15 reps and probably still had one or two maybe before he would be at full blown failure where he just can't move the weight. Right? So what looked like across three sets, he was doing eight reps is three really hard sets of eight. Really, realistically, we were falling five reps short, if not more, of failure and the intensity wasn't close enough. Even though the sets were hard and he's making faces, grimacing, pulling really hard, veins are popping and stuff, they weren't hard enough for him to see great results. And so one thing I want to challenge all of you guys to do is to find an exercise that is safe to do so and to just genuinely push yourself to failure. I don't care how you feel. A lot of the time people get like, it feels hard, especially when you're doing legs or something. Some sort of machine row would be good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably an upper body movement is probably better to practice it with or something like leg extensions. But typically with legs, you're going to reach that mental fatigue way longer, uh, way faster than you'll reach that actual leg fatigue. Um, but ignore how you feel. And objectively look at, can my targeted muscle group that I'm doing here, can it do more? Can I physically actually continue to move the weight with good form? If the answer is yes, keep going until you can confidently say no. So yeah, intensity will take you from good to great results. And it's that difference between what seems to be hard sets to what's like actually epic sets. And I just want to say, I think the real... There's two main issues to why people don't do this. It's one, education, so they don't realize. So once they learn, they can start to do it. But then the second thing is they don't know how to push themselves and they feel a bit scared of training hard. And I would just say, I always used, you know, when you play Wii Golf and you hit the stick and then the meter goes up and down and then sometimes you can hit it too hard and then it goes red past the end of the bar. Does it, do you remember that? Yeah. Hopefully everyone at home remembers what I'm talking about. <laughs> so there's like a bar... That, let's say that that's your capabilities mentally and what you think you can do. And once you start to put train harder, the capacity, that roof actually rises. And then you have more capacity to do more mentally and physically. Um, yeah, and you just get used to it. Like I sort of feel weird if I do like an RP8 on like a machine exercise. I feel like I haven't done much. And I'm really not trying to say, oh, I'm a suit cunt. I'm just saying that, like, because I've done it for so long now, I just feel like it's not a good set. Um, yeah, and just think about it, it's literally the way you send the signal to your muscle to grow, to to take it close to failure. Yeah, if we put in, like, another... Hey, guys, I just wanted to quickly interrupt this to make an announcement. If you are and looking I wanted for... to quickly interrupt Dylan to make a different announcement. If you need help with your goals, 
please shoot us a message on either of our socials. That's at PT or Coach Called Joel on Instagram or feel free, feel free to go to the links in our bios. Um, I think everyone's run around as kids or something. If you went for a run and you're like, ah, that was a good run, but you weren't like out of breath, you didn't really feel like you pushed yourself at all. Uh, sure, you're probably still going to get fitter from doing that, but do you think that you're going to get much fitter? Probably not. You're not going to see really fast results from that. Whereas when you push yourself to your actual failure point, well, like, I mean, don't run to failure. That probably would suck. <laughs> but when you genuinely push yourself and you're like, man, I gave that everything or close to it, that's when you can expect to see results. Yep. Okay, so mine is tracking calories. This is not only a game changer of people in the gym, but it's a life changer. Um, it's This is just simply like you need to start tracking calories because you need to learn about what like accurate nutrition is and like where to eat to fuel your gains. Like, it's as simple as that. If we were to remove gym from the equation, any body composition results from the equation, health and fitness or anything like that, I'm not, I'm just fitness, remove it from the equation. What would be the benefit of someone tracking calories? Um, I think, again, it's education. So relationship to food, you start looking at it as fuel for your day. So when you just adequately eat, you fuel the task at hand so let's say you're not going to gym let's say it's like going to work and then maybe like a football training let's not even say that football training or yeah you do some sort of running you are requiring fuel for it and a lot of people under eat and the reason they don't lose weight is because they just drink a lot of alcohol and eat a lot of shit on the weekend so it levels out for the whole uh, week so you need to learn like what protein is the job of it and what carbs is the job of it and like start to really funnel a lot of your food towards those two categories. Whereas usually it's low protein, low carb, high fat, and you still are eating energy. You're just not going to get the response that you want. You won't feel as good. When people start eating, quotation marks, healthier, they sort of just do this anyway. They start eating just lean meats. They start eating high protein. And you start to feel better because essentially just think about it like your body is starting to get what it's yearning for. Is that a good answer or... Yep. Um, but yeah, no, the gym. So even if it's not body composition, any sort of fitness, it's like you require a certain type of food and you're not giving it as much as it could have. And once you start doing that, that's when you're like, oh, <laughs> like I literally called my ebook on um, food the missing piece because I think it's the missing piece for people. And I think it's a bit of a life changer. Um, now I just want to give a caveat. I had a, a young kid say to me, I've had many people say this to me, oh, but doesn't tracking calories lead to eating disorders? And I just said, um, it can for people who probably already have eating disorders, but I just want to say that that's a really dangerous view in itself, thinking that inherently tracking calories leads to eating disorders because that's stopping a lot of people from just starting it. It's the same as thinking that going to the gym will cause body dysmorphia. Mm. Mm. Yeah? 
Like it's mm. like a lot of people might go to the gym and get body dysmorphia, yeah. but that's not the gym's yeah, it's fault. Like, fuck you, and it's man. not don't say that about gym, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's not I'm not putting that on the person, but it's like there's something that the person there needs to deal with and probably get help with. It's not inherently what they're doing that's caused that. The other thing I would say is like a lot of people start tracking calories and macronutrients and end up getting an eating disorder and it's almost I explain it now is like imagine if your car's engine light turned on and you pop the hood and you're like ah I watch a few YouTube videos I should be able to fix this and you end up just like <laughs> ruining your engine and being like welp doing this sucks and I should never do this again it's like well you never really knew what you were doing in the first place and so for you to assume and I'm not really trying to overcomplicate it but for you to assume that you can watch a few YouTube videos or a TikTok on how to fix your engine and that you're going to be a qualified mechanic is maybe not the smartest idea. So, of course, some things are going to go wrong and you're probably going to develop a bad relationship with what you've just done. But if you actually get someone to help you and learn how to do it, not that everyone needs to become a mechanic, but if you actually understood the process and what you're doing, then that's when you have a healthier outlook on it and a better process. Uh, Like, yeah, idea of the process. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's what you're missing. And you will. I think that is definitely, you are just going to start to go, okay, yep. I understand now this is what this is what changes my body and this is what fuels it and this is what yeah this it really is <laughs> uh, for someone who started had like a massive period of like oh, you don't need to track calories but like it's just if you're ready to do it there's a base few things that you need to understand like for instance I wrote an ebook it's, you can get it for free a little plug there on my Instagram on how to do it um, once you get the basics right it's simple and it's powerful just commit to a, a phase like tracking calories indefinitely is a little bit taxing. I've changed my mindset, but just commit to like two months or three months, even just a month. Like once you go, okay, this might be a little bit tedious and annoying, commit to it for two months. And then at, you know, at the end, you're going to stop tracking, but all the things that you learn along the way and the, the, cause you'll have to mold your diet from it. That will be unreal. Yeah. No one's out there saying you should track for the rest of your life. It's like, I wouldn't say go to, you know, if you wanted to study frigging to be an architect, I wouldn't say, well, go to university for the rest of your life. But if you could at least study it for a little while, you'd understand it better. But I think people don't say that, like, even me as a coach don't say that to people enough. Like, let's just do a phase. Yeah. It's my new thing. Let's do a phase of training. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our next topic. We got the cringe mint. <laughs> <clears throat> the cringe mint. Do you want to kick us off? Because I'm still not 100% on what I was going to What do you say. mean? You've got to be ready for a... Yeah, I'm didn't you say something the other day? So I, <laughs> I can't remember how this came up. We were talking about girls or something, and um, I said to Jesh and we were talking Joel, about. I think we were literally talking about cringy things we used to do as teenagers. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then oh, we I was were pretending. Also, no, 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 no. This Jesh came from t- me pretending to text <laughs> every time. Hold on, I got to I got to quickly do it. No, 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 i got to explain that context. You've got two this minutes. came from me pretending to text, like, um, we have to text people at the gym, and I'll get people who just text back and be like, no. And I always, like, jokingly turn to, like, Dill or Jesh, and I'll text a response, and then just delete it. And then Dill said this. And then, no, Jesh was talking about breaking up with girls, and, like, she, how when he was uh, just holding... Anyway, I was like, I used to crush really hard when I was, like, in high school, like, really hard, like, delusional crush. And then I would, <laughs> I would like, if I was texting like the girl that I liked, not often, but I would like text him, I would literally write into the bar, I love you, and then just let it sit there and not send 
I said before I said that, I was like, you and Jesh are going to love this. And Joel lost it. That's oh, the most I've seen you lose it. it All right, so you got a minute. you got a minute. Um, when I was in year eight, I used to like, that was when like the Beebs fringe was in and stuff like that. And I had the fringe go on, like cover my whole forehead. And mum took us to the hairdressers and I get a haircut. And the chick cut off my whole fringe. And I was so mad about it. And there was one day left in the school term. <laughs> so I made myself vomit. <laughs> so I could take the day off school for being sick. <laughs> oh, I put my biggest down my throat. No I way. I myself vomit into the sink so that I could tell mum I was sick and wouldn't have to go to school the next Wait, day. Wait, what year were you in? You're right. The last day of school. <laughs> no, nah, like before holidays. And I was so annoyed with my haircut. I made myself she made, vomit. She made, the, they, went too, they went too low or she made you cut it she off? She just cut my whole fringe off. No, she wasn't meant to. The hairdresser just did it. Mum may have told her to, who knows. <laughs> but I was so upset that she cut off my fringe. I just made myself vomit in the sink so that I could tell mum. I was sick and get the next day off school. Oh my god! I reckon Mum knew. I reckon she knew. <laughs> All right, I gotta go. You can maybe just depart with the people. Yeah. <clears throat> Dylan has left to go and train one of his clients. Um. Oh man, so I've got tears in my eyes. Um. Yeah. So Dylan has left to go train one of his clients, and I'm going to be wrapping us off. Um, at the end of this podcast, and to be honest, I've been wanting some time where it's just me and the listeners for a little while. Can I just say, I love you guys. Thank you for listening week in and week out. Um, I know that Dylan doesn't put much effort into this podcast, but you best know that I be doing it. Um, I can't really think of anything else that I can legally say about Dylan right now whilst he's out of the room without getting lawyers involved, but just know that there's a lot of things. A lot of things that I could say and I won't. So, enjoy your week. This has been Jolie P and Dilly D driving you home.